Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back here on the MLW Rewind. It feels so good because it's MLW Day. That's right. It's Fusion Day. We talk Fusion every Thursday, right after Fusion premieres on YouTube or Fight Plus, depending on what you have. It's up to you. It's how you watch it, how you choose to watch it. And I always do this with my PIC, the one and only Uncle Bobby B. And that's me, baby. How you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm just tired. I'm tired. Yeah. I have to... Uh, I, uh, I fell asleep not because Fusion was boring, but because I was just super tired. It's the middle of the week blues. It just caught up with me. I conked out for like 15 minutes, but I went back and rewatched the final 20 minutes or so of Fusion that I missed. And man, oh man, was it a good one. Should we get into it? No, let's, let's get into it. And before we do, I just want to say it is not a bad thing necessarily if you fall asleep watching something. It doesn't mean it wasn't entertaining. It means you were finding it relaxing. And that's what wrestling does for me. I find it relaxing. I enjoy it. But let's get into that because we had some wrestling today, bud. We Ooh. absolutely did. We had old school meets new school in a couple of different ways, which was pretty cool. First off, we started with the Upper Cup, Upper Cup, sorry, recap of last week's match. Tankman versus Davey Boy Smith, the first of two semifinal matches. And this one was a barn burner. As we know, Davey Boy went on to win that match. Uh by really going high risk, top rope a couple times, and he was able to put Tankman down for the one, two, three, and he's in the finals. Now we just got to find out who's going to join him. Will it be Tony Deppin or will it be Hot Sauce Tracy Williams? We'll get to that in our main event a little bit later on the show. Uh, but how about this to kick off the opening contest? SGC versus The Calling. That's right, Matt Justice coming out solo, and we haven't really seen Matt Justice in a solo matchup yet, so it was interesting to see how he was going to handle himself in MLW solo-wise versus the always dangerous, always sadistic, always Raven's shadow, Ricky Shane Page. And we actually got a promo from Ricky. Uh, very disturbing, as always, which I love. I love Ricky at his most disturbing. Uh, the Calling has done a lot, man. We've left bodies everywhere, all over the floor. You want a shot at this? As um, When I say this, I'm talking about the one half of the tag team titles. Then go ahead, buy a ticket. Take my ride. Take my ride. And he just walks off screen. And basically what he's telling Matt Justice is, if you can pull out a win today, Obviously, that would skyrocket you up the list towards number one contention for those tag team straps. And Matt Justice came to play. But before we get into that match, Rob, what do you think about Ricky Shane Page's promo kicking off this week's episode of Fusion? I really like how you put that, George. Sadistic and dangerous and Raven's shadow. <clears throat> that pretty much describes Ricky Shane Page. Uh, I, I thought this was a Ricky-esque promo. Mm. It was very typical Ricky. Uh, Ricky's... Ricky's not so much of a talker as he is, to borrow the term, a cerebral assassin. He's more of like, say less, but get in your head kind of thing. Oh, he's a uh, walker, not a talker. Well, yeah, he's he he can he can walk the talk, though. Like, that's the no, thing. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he more yeah. so he more so tells you what he's feeling when he hits you in the face. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, this was kind of what I expected from Ricky. But like you said, it was very creepy and uh it's interesting to see what's going on with the calling. They are coming for all the gold. Never mind people coming for theirs. They they want all the gold first. You can't really go after uh, anyone when they have all the gold. And the calling is definitely the faction to uh, be concerned about here in you get into the later stages of 2023, especially with Fury Road only six weeks out. Like we're getting Fury Road Labor Day weekend. So it's only literally six weeks out now from this point. And uh, it's coming quicker than you would think. And this match was solid. Justice came to play. What I liked about this match off the gate is nobody's ever done this before, but Ricky always coming out with the gas mask goons, 
Matt Justice found a way to isolate the goons from Ricky early on and had momentum in his favor in this match. And I did love the uh, dive off the top of the ladder right on the ramp. The bell hadn't even rung yet. We already got a high fly spot moment, which was very, very cool. Uh, but as the match went on, and I really loved how Joe Dombrowski pointed this out, uh, Ricky Shane Page turned the tide with a back body drop. And you don't see that move much anymore. It's very 1980s, very 1970s, very old school. But what Ricky's arsenal presents is new school. He can get sadistic. He can get down and dirty. But Ricky's also really technical. A lot of people I don't think appreciate his technical ability. But Ricky can also pay homage in his own way of doing these old school maneuvers. Like you're sitting there going, George, why are you talking about a back body drop? Because we literally don't see it at all. Very rarely. And when you the do back see it, body drop, the atomic drop, the uh sorry i had another one in mind but like there's a bunch of moves that just we don't really see anymore you're correct uh i love that ricky brings that that back and i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but i have add and if i didn't get that in i was going to totally forget it no it's all good but uh he could ditch out dish out a whole bunch of punishment with those old school moves and again a back body drop it could do damage i mean you're thinking about coming off an irish whip being lift up over somebody's head, depending on the height, could be five feet, six feet, even seven feet, and you're crashing to the ground with your own momentum. But what I loved about this back body drop is as it happened, Ricky spun around and kicked the lower back of Matt Justice as he was coming down. Again, something that Joe Dombrowski, Matt Stryker, and myself, and probably yourself, Rob, were marking out over. Just that little tidbit. That's the classic Ricky and move. It, it's a classic Ricky move, but it does so much you get the you get the drop of you get the momentum of the back body drop but also to get a hard kick into the spine as you're coming down like that's a two bird one stone kind of deal and ricky does that now justice did turn the tide he brought a ladder into the match probably not the best idea he went for the one-man militia he did not hit it all he hit was his face into the mat R ricky turned the tide quickly hit the raven effect for the one two three and ricky shane page comes out with the win so what does this mean for the calling are they still in con or, or sorry the sgc are they still in contention for the tag titles yes they are because the tag division is not that deep so if you lose all you do is go down like two three spots but you can quickly go right back up to being number one contenders again but regardless this match was great i loved what i saw to justice but really this match made me more of a fan of ricky shane page than i already am just based on the fact that I saw this new school flavor with this old school respect. And I appreciated that. Yeah. I mean, Ricky and Matt uh, go way back. They're both Ohio guys. They've worked together a ton. So there's like already a ton of uh, chemistry there. They're very familiar with each other. I kind of knew how this was going to go, but I still really enjoyed it. Like, man, Matt justice is something else. And I think it was Strager that pointed out. He doesn't quite jump. He just like falls off the, off of things. Uh, and, and Matt is without trying to disrespect them, just takes some absolutely stupid bumps. Like, I don't mean that to be like insulting when I say stupid. I just mean like, they're stupid, crazy. Like, like Matt will do some, un I've, I've seen him personally in per do some insane things. Uh, so this is just, this is just a taste of what we can get from Matt justice. I know Ricky's not a death match guy anymore, but if he was going to pull, you know, pull himself back into the deathmatch realm for a little bit. If they did a Ricky Matt justice death match, I would be here for that. 
you would be and so would so many other people and i think mlw would get a little bit of that gcw crowd and flavor that they would love to get because i mean that's a, opens up a whole new market but like you said ricky's kind of done with that he'll still go hardcore in mlw but he's not going deathmatch akira on the other hand versus matt justice a lot of people have seen that, but the MLW faithful have never seen it. So I would be here for an Akira versus Matt Justice death match if that ever came to fruition. 100%. Let's do it. All right, moving on. Delmi. Delmi Exo walking in. Delmi two bouts. Getting a lot of congratulations. Looking great. Looking confident. Smile on her face. Quickly ruined by Becca. And she wasn't singing for once. She just got all up in Delmi's grind. I see the big Cheshire cat grin on your face. Basically saying... You, madame, cannot be a double world champion because you have never been anywhere in the world. I've been to Germany. I've been to Italy. I've been to Spain. I should be a world champion. And at that exact moment, Becca is interrupted by love Doug, confessing that he loves everything. He loves the look. He loves her hair. He loves the song. He loves it all. He goes into his bag to reach for flowers. But Becca, oof, she shoots him down hard, saying, don't look at me, don't talk to me, don't speak to me ever again. And she storms away. And I, and I want to put a little tidbit out. I forgot to mention this. But as Love Doug interrupts Becca, Delmi turns, looks right at the camera, smiles and laughs hysterically, and then just walks out. Delmi's like, I don't need to be a part of this. This has nothing to do with me. I'm just going to keep walking down the down in the back, and I'm going to get my congratulations for being Delmi two belts. And go ahead, Becca, do your thing with Love Doug here. So I almost feel like we're about to get a very fatal attraction story from Love Doug and Becca. And I almost feel like this is going to be a second coming of Triple H and Stephanie. Remember when Triple H drugged Stephanie and married her? I'm not saying Love Doug's going to go that dark. Don't you remember that? Yeah, I remember that, but I didn't know where you were going with that. Well, hold on, relax. Just pump the brakes. Well, I didn't say anything. Your face said a million things. I'm not I saying can't that love make facial gonna, expressions. Okay. All right, listen. I'm not saying love dove's gonna drug her, leave her in a hole like Buffalo Bill from you know Science of the Lambs. All I'm saying is, is I feel like these two are setting it up where there's gonna be a quick turn and they're gonna become like the new power couple of MLW. I think they're. I think this is a ruse. I think Becca is already head over heels in love with Love Dove. What if I think what this if, is all a ruse? What if they ran a legitimate soap opera angle here and Becca gets like not just a soap opera, uh overboard. You're familiar with this film? Yes. What if Becca gets hit on the head in a match or something like that, takes a headshot, and when she wakes up, she's in love with Love Doug? I would totally run that. That would be and then, you know, a couple months down the line, she gets hit on the head again realizes what's up and then they have a match hmm. i like that that could work too that could work well as well long term booking kids that's where i was going that's where i was going with it i mean i wasn't gonna go as dark with the you know but i was just saying if you remembered that it was like the triple h and stephanie store where they fucking they fooled everybody yeah. we're not in love haha ha, we're in love like sand in the hourglass these are the days of the league yeah. oh look at that days of the league i like that and how about this for a little bit of interesting factoids? The Opera Cup restoration process. We get to we get to know that the Opera Cup obviously was in the attic of the Hart House. It was in Davy inherited it after Stu Hart, his grandfather had passed away. And MLW, when they were entrusted to bring back the Opera Cup, they actually got it fully restored by the same people that restore the Stanley Cup every year, the MLB Championship Trophy every year, 
and the NBA championship trophy every year. Yes, this is the same company or same group of individuals that restores these historic trophies to their former glory. And hence why the Opera Cup looks so fantastic. Actually, especially after Alex Kane stole it, kept it in a duffel bag, threw it in the back of his trunk, yada, yada, yada. But it does look great now and it looks shiny and as all hell. Now, speaking of stuff that's not shiny as all hell, how about MSL being wrapped fully in bandages from head to toe after the apparent assault from last week when all SGC did was give him a warning after he tried to stab Microman with a pen or sharp object of some kind. But now he's fully wrapped in bandages. from Literally from head to toe, the only thing that's not wrapped is his eyes and his glasses and his mouth. But everything else was wrapped in gauze and bandages. And he says he doesn't appreciate the assault. And you know what? He's going to issue a challenge on behalf of his new superstar, Matt Cardona. And he wants Mance Warner at Fury Road. MSL says, we will wait for your response. Not like that. He actually said some more ruder shit, but I'm not going to get into it. What do you think, first off, about, um, we talked about Becca, right? We got your opinions on that. We did. Uh, oh, side note. Did you ever notice that Love Doug looks like Brian Pilmer Jr.'s like younger brother? He's got the same kind of mullet hair. It's, it's the epic mullet that really does the mustache. Like it's, it's yeah. So it all does uh, tie together. Okay, perfect. So you yeah. did notice it. You noticed yeah, it. Yeah, I clock out. All, all mullet dudes have a slight resemblance. Like... Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you know, Love Doug looks like he could be the love child of Billy Ray Cyrus. Like from back in the day, like achy breaky heart shit. That's that's a, that's a a path I'm not even gonna go down. That's some Maury Povich shit. Well, you're talking about days of our lives. I can't bring up like daytime television. As days well. of I the league. Days, days of, of the, the league. league. I can't talk about Maury Povich. Like you know, Magic Corp Power. Love Doug. You are not Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, forget it. Don't worry about it. All right. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about uh, what do you think about MSL and this over the top being wrapped like a mummy, full head to toe in bandages. What what did you think of this? I want to. I, I... I almost had to go rewatch the stuff he was saying about himself at the beginning. The only one I really caught was that he had Ronald Reagan come to like his fifth birthday party. Oh or yeah, he was like, like a, a subpar genius. Like he was, he was handling like political things when he was like just came out of the womb. Oh yeah, what? It's all redundant. F- <laughs> yeah, it it, it, it was funny. It actually. Um... I don't know the the just the the whole bandage thing made me laugh. It was like some Invisible Man kind of shit. Uh, it, it it was great. Uh, made me think back to like the weasel suit of Bobby Heenan trying to like you know yes. get out of getting eaten by Matilda or whoever. So yeah, uh, that that, w- that was pretty funny. And you you know Mance, we'll get to his response, but you know he's not going to shy away from that. No, Mance Porter came out the womb fighting, as he says a little bit later on in his promo. Uh, now we get Sam Turner. She's backstage with Tracy Williams, asking him how he is. What's his mindset? And Tracy says, I'm good. I'm ready. I came here to show everyone what I can do. And I want to be the one to hoist the Opera Cup. So I'm ready to go. Tony Deppin and I are very familiar with each other. Actually, Tony Deppin apparently tells everyone that'll listen. The last time him and Tracy Williams faced each other, how hard Williams hit him. It scarred him. So what Williams is essentially saying is, I've got space already in Deppin's head. But we're going to get to this epic match a little bit later on. And now we're going to announce draft round number five. That's right. And we wonder who it is. They've already announced some fantastic people. Well, how about this? Adding indie sensation, Tierra James. 
to the featherweight division. I checked her out after Cena, didn't know much about her, but she's got a lot of promise, a lot of moxie. She has been on a couple of appearances on AEW Dark, so you have seen her there if you haven't. But now she's going to get a full-fledged shot in the league, in the featherweight division, and she is fantastic. From what i seen on the internet when I did check her out, she's good. She's really good, and I think she may be an excellent opponent for Delmi Exo a little bit later down the line. But let her come into the league, let her establish herself, get her feet a little wet in terms of that featherweight division. And then really, I think her and Delmi, Darren I say, I think her and Delmi could have the first ever women's Ironman match in the league. That's right, I'm putting my stamp on it. I think that's the only way for that story to end when those two meet. And trust me, they will meet. Rob, what do you think of Tierra James being added to the uh, league? Uh, much like yourself, I wasn't too familiar with her and did the same thing, looked her up, checked out some of her stuff. Uh, she's got some pretty good matches under her belt. She still looks like she's young and has a lot to prove. Uh, so I, it's it's a great addition, you know, more representation, which is awesome. She could be a potential Bumaye Fight Club member because we know they are definitely recruiting. Uh, so, yeah, good, good. Congratulations to, Chiar to Tiara James on earning a spot in the league via the draft and looking forward to seeing what you got. Absolutely. And speaking of the league and who started things in the league, the camera crew catches up to Jacob at two, which he tells him, hold on, slow down. Listen, don't be running up on people. Remember who you're running up on. Don't just come running up on me right now. Don't do it. And then he says, you know what? What do you think about Ricky Shane Page and his challenge and his promo about coming after you and your open weight title? Jacob at two says, listen, Ricky, you're knocking on the wrong door. You want to talk about all these bodies you leave in everywhere? Remember who started the body count in MLW? <laughs> and then he just walks off. Pretty much Jacob Fatou saying, remember the Contra days, because Contra was the calling before the calling was the calling. And Contra destroyed everyone and decimated everyone and left nothing but destruction in their wake. When Contra was at their peak, they had Simon Gotch, they had Jacob Fatou, they had Maz Kruger, they had Joseph Samael as the mastermind. They had the whole league on notice and sleepless nights, okay? Sleepless nights. That's all I'm going to say. But, Rob, what do you think about Jacob Atu's promo and this buildup that we're going to get, obviously, for Fury Road? This is definitely happening at Fury Road. But what do you think of this back and forth that Fatu and Ricky are doing? I I'm liking where it's going. I, I feel like where it's going is, is the eventual match, and then Ricky's going to screw Jacob somehow because it's going to become a a thing with, with the calling having all the belts. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Jacob was just not as intense maybe they they caught him in a good mood and he was just like i'll just rap for a bit and well he was coming he back in the parking lot he probably smoked a little something something not possibly but he, he just wasn't very intense he just seemed like a little too casual about it and he was confident he was a, though he had confidence he was confident he was he was casually confident how's that casually confident i like it well you mentioned it earlier on in the episode boom my fight club definitely recruiting and how about this we get a boom my fight club tryout match that's right jay bougie You've seen him floating around as part of Alex Kane entourage. Definitely was out there at Never Say Never. And he's going up against Mr. Thomas because Mr. Thomas is kind of the gatekeeper to the Bumaye Fight Club. You want to get to Alex Kane? You want to get to Don King? You got to go through Mr. Thomas, plain and simple. And Mr. Thomas came out. And let me tell you, I don't think he was ready for Jay Bougie because Jay Bougie came out hard. This match was probably my favorite match on the card. The main event was great, but this match was something special, man. Bougie, literally two feet shorter. Then Mr. Thomas, probably about 75 to 100 pounds lighter 
than Mr. Thomas. And he threw Mr. Thomas around like he was a fucking ragdoll, okay? That Irish whip into the German suplex on Thomas had that guy reeling. The suicide dive was insane. And the bougie, try after he hit the cutter, trying to go for his finisher, but got, but got caught in another old-school classic, the sidewalk slam into a disgustingly vicious powerbomb by Mr. Thomas, where he literally folded Bougie in half. I felt bad for him. Thomas for the win, but then he grabs the mic, exhausted, can't even get out the words, Boumaier is for, because he was literally breathing deep. So Thomas was definitely had the wind taken out of him. But he said to the kid, you know what, you great, but you ain't shit without everyone. Get on up. You run with Boumaier now. Plain and simple. So Jay Bougie is now an official member of the Boumaier Fight Club, not a member of the Entourage. He's in the Fight Club. So the Fight Club now consists of Thomas, Kane, Bougie, O'Shea Edwards, and a couple more TBAs. But Rob, what do you think about Jay Bougie? Did he impress you as much as he impressed me? Absolutely. Alex, when we had him on the show, was talking about Jay Bougie, really putting him over. Uh, yeah, that kid looked awesome. He he clearly had the charisma, a lot of energy, intensity. He looked good. He that and and nothing. Uh, talk about Jay Bougie, but Mr. Thomas, shout out for that that like blue thunder bomb or whatever the hell it was coming off the ropes just before the power bomb that looked so good the timing and the momentum on it it just looked like like we know wrestling is what it is but when i watched that single move it took me out of it altogether i was like oh he killed him like it just looked amazing the, the match was, was was real good saying blue thunder bomb but i, I could have sworn it was almost like a sidewalk slam the way he it, well he like he him. came in and he spun him around like in well, the he air. just kind of caught him off his momentum, but then just kind of dropped him. So, I don't know. I figured sidewalk slam, but it's yeah, all whatever. Good, whatever. I don't need to nitpick over the, the semantics of it. Whatever the hell it was, it looked awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I really enjoyed that match. And it's nice to see the expansion of the Boumaye Fight Club for the eventual war they're going to have with the calling. We know that's coming. Oh, Both 100%. Of them are building up their ranks for this faction warfare. But yeah, it, that that guy really impressed me. Uh, MLW does a great job of putting these guys on the roster, like Jay Bougie, Bougie, excuse me, Ray Jazz. A lot of young up and coming talent, really gifted athletes and pro wrestlers. Uh, it was great to see. Like it just kept the flow of the episode going nicely, and uh, it led us into this main event. Absolutely. Before the main event, we get a couple of promos. We got Willie Max promo. Talking about how doubt has fueled him his entire life. It's given him fire. He's been around the world and he's honed his craft. And Alex Kane, you're just making his job a whole lot easier every time you keep taking shots. And Willie Mack cut this in the back parking lot while he was eating chicken. That's right. There was an empty box of chicken on the bench. They must have caught Willie in between courses, if you will. But uh, regardless, Willie Mack just saying, go ahead, keep talking your shit, keep running your mouth. Because come Fury Road, I'm going to close it 150%. And Mance Warner answering Matt Cardona's promo says, don't issue challenges. You want to fight? Let's fight. So it's going to be Cardona versus Mancer at Fury Road. So we probably won't see Cardona until Fury Road. We don't know what the contract stipulations are for Cardona. We know he has a few appearances. Cardona never really stays anywhere too, too long. He likes to leave his mark. 
and then bounce out to the next promotion. He's doing the Matt Cardona World Tour. He's become the belt collector. He's become synonymous with every type of wrestling promotion there is, from GCW to MLW to NWA to a short stint in AEW. He is basically showing WWE that they fucked up large by letting him go. And I feel like having him in the league is a great addition, no matter how long he is there. Rob, what did you think about Willie Max promo? What did you think about Mance Warner's promo before we get into our epic main event? Uh, typical Willie Mac being Willie Mac, just chilled out and talking. But I like I, I sat there watching this promo and just in my head, as he's talking, I'm going, well, he's not wrong. Well, he's not wrong. Everything he's saying, going, he, he's not telling lies. Like he really like all these things he said are, are true. He's, he's he's an incredible uh, pro wrestler. He's won fans over everywhere he's gone. He's done well. So, yeah, doubt does, does fuel him. I get that. But you're going up against the world champion right now, the leader of the Bumaye Fight Club. You got to bring your A game, Willie. I'm telling you right now, Mr. Mac, you better bring your A game. 150%. And your thoughts oh, and, on as Manser. far as uh, Manser? Just typical Manser. He's ready to have a couple light beers and and throw down so I'm, I'm like let's go cardona and mansur i want to see i want to see how bloody this match gets absolutely and we all know that that matt cardona definitely the got, death matches yeah he cardona. got trial by fire big time for sure so cardona knows exactly how mansur warner, warner plays and he's willing to play back all right now we get into the main event that was tony deppin versus hot sauce tracy williams and let me tell you this match was very great it was very great that's right very great it was super technical both of them in their MLW debuts, singles debuts, even though Tracy was technically debuted at Never Say Never, that match was cut short. And the best way I could put this is that this was old school, but it had bursts of speed at time. The brawling, the counter wrestling, there was like a seven minute sequence of nothing but counter wrestling. I don't understand if people realize how fucking hard that is to do and how much more that takes out from a offensive wrestling. When you are rents, when you are defensively, wrestling another defensive wrestler you are exhausted by the end of this match and this match is probably what we would have got it never say never had thatcher not gone down with the concussion this was the payoff that we probably would have got and i still wish timothy thatcher nothing but a speedy recovery but man those sequences that i love was every time williams went for the pile driver deppin found a way to counter it into a pin not just counter it but counter it into a fucking pin but unfortunately Deppin did slip up Williams saw the opening it was literally a hair of an opening but he saw it he hits the pile driver he goes on to win now we have our opera cup final which is probably the most exciting opera cup final we have had since its return you got Davey Boy Smith Jr. going at Tracy Hot Sauce fucking Williams in the opera cup final mind-blowing mind-blowing let's talk about the end Tracy Williams trying to get some respect from Deppin. Deppin looked like he was going to shake his hand, but all he did was flip off the middle finger and step out of the ring. Didn't even go to the ramp. Stepped out of the ring to walk through the fucking crowd because he didn't want to go back to the ramp with Tracy Williams. But holy fuck. That's all I could say. I don't even think I breathed during that whole recap. But holy fucking shit, what a match. Rob, give me your thoughts. Oh, Matt Stryker broke kayfabe because he gave these boys a standing ovation at the end of the match, and it was well-deserved. This was a great pro wrestling match. Had a little bit of everything. 
had some brawling, had a lot of technicality, had some chain wrestling, had some old school, had some new school. Like it just had a little bit of everything. I loved it. I, I particularly loved uh, Tracy Williams jumping on the, the ankles. Like that looked so good. Uh, just, you know, something simple. It's not a, it's nothing fancy. I'm stomping your ankles, but it looked good. And it sets up the Tony Depp and now his, his ankles are screwed. Like it was just a really, really enjoyable match from two guys who, uh, who knew what they were doing out there. And I know striker was probably biased because, uh, I think, uh, who was it? Tracy was trained by Johnny Rods or sorry. Tracy was trained by Johnny Rods and the other one was Claudio Cast Tony Depp and his Claudio Castagnoli or am I mixing the two up? No, I, believe, I had it right the first I time. You had it right the first time. Yeah. So <clears throat> these two guys clearly got trained well and uh yeah, what what a fantastic, really really good match. I I was uh I I was glued to the screen. I couldn't even look away on that one. I just that was great. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And now to end the episode, we get a always enjoyable promo from our heavyweight champion, Alex Kane. The league is always on his bullshit. Always on his bullshit, man. Stacking the fucking deck. But not this time. They're not stacking a deck. Now they're going to make me face the grimace of pro wrestling? Man, I need a warm-up match. I need a warm-up match. And Mr. Thomas says, I got, I got an idea. Kane says, what you got? What you got? He says, Mexico. Alex says, yeah, yeah, I need to go back to Mexico. I was international. We are international. And that's on Boom IA. Boom IA, Boom IA. Camera goes dark. I'm not sure what that means, but all I know is this. When he called Willie Mack the grimace of pro wrestling, I was drinking and fuck you, Alex Kane, for me. I literally spit water all over myself. You, because <laughs> you sounded like when you were going boom I yay, boom I yay, you sounded like Dave Chappelle doing a white person saying boom I yay. That was hilarious. Oh, that sounds super thanks. Flabbergasting. Fuck yeah, fucking asshole. What a jerk. All right, anyways, fucker. Despite the way I said <laughs> boom, I'm tired. I'm not gonna yell. But what did you think of the promo, you stupid prick? I'm just messing with you. You don't fucking get all mad at me. I'm tired. Just uh, fucking say your thoughts. Let's go. It, it was Alex Kane. You could tell they that this was all filmed after uh, Never Say Never. Um, but yeah, because they had the same, that poor ring announcer in there who looks like he's been through three divorces. Uh, that that, well, he, only that, that ran, guy, he only did the announcement for the one match. Just the Boom IA Fight Club tryout match. That's it. I, 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 that, that dude, I'm telling you right now, I don't mean to be insulting, but I can, I can tell he's, he's multiple marriages and divorces. That guy, you could see it in his face. He just looks so defeated. Anyways, enough about that guy. This promo from Alex Kane was interesting. Where are we going with this? They're going to Mexico. Who are they going to Mexico to get? I don't know. Who are they going to Mexico to fight? I, I need know. more information. We need more. The people that Boumaye is for, need to know. Well, we won't find out this week because that's it for this episode. That's right. MLW always leaving on the cliffhangers, but they tie their storylines up oh so good. So obviously, as we are now on Fury Road, on the way to Fury Road, we'll find out more as we need to know. And right now, we don't need to know. All we need to know is Boumaye. There, asshole. I said it a little bit cleaner. I love how salty you got about that. Jackass. All right. Anyways, despite this nonsensical last three minutes, everything else in this episode was great. 
from your host, your boy, George McKay, and the ever-critical Uncle Bobby Asswipe. Flabbergasted. <laughs> you fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Peace, love, and wrestling, guys. We'll see you next week. Peace. Adios. Adios.